Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and the opportunity to worship and giving. And now as we look into your word and celebrate the very special gift that you've given us of mothers, we ask that you will let the words that are declared fall upon the hearts of everyone that hears this message, that it will gain great root in their lives, that they will live thereby. We thank you, we honor you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Once again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers far, near, the surrogates, the aunties, the big sisters, all y'all. Happy day to you all because a lot of times your hard work is unsung. And I would just like to, um, I, I really like that last video we saw. Kid President is good, but I like the last video where it talks about the sacrifices of a mother. The first sacrifice is when they give birth and they get so close to, some women get very, very close to um, not passing, uh, <laughs> of, of passing into um, the realm of the unliving because of the birth. And yet, even though that is still one of the most happiest occasions of their lives. Um, my daughter went through, I remember at least 36 hours of labor. It might have been a long guy, I lost track of time. But she was in there for a long time. And then uh, grandson number five came forth. And she was happy and tired simultaneously. Um, tired in any track meet that she's ever run in, tired in staying up to, she was just tired. And my other daughter, same, just seeing the woman's face and even my own bride watching her face um, during childbirth is just something that I am not trying to be funny, but I always say, I thank God that you made me a man. <laughs> that's some pain that I don't know. That's some conditioning. That's some uh, reforming of the body that I am not looking. See, my, my, dis, my, my disformation is because I like to eat. Your, your, your blood women's disformation is because that baby is pushing all the organs all over the place and trying to make room. So, so I, I just celebrate, celebrate you all. I, I, I'm just letting y'all know how I'll be thinking. I, you know, I ain't gonna tell no lie, but I, I tell God, thank you for making me a man. I, I, some days I don't like the pressure, but I'll be thinking about my, I look at my grand, uh, my son, my daughter, and I'll just be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. My wife is a trooper. I uh, love her. Um, and just honor her. But let's, I'm, my goal is for us to just to take a couple minutes and just talk about mothers for a little bit. I'm, one of the things that caused a transformation in my personal life is the fact that I wanted my great-grandchildren to 
be able to look at our family history and be proud of the history of our family. Now, when I say proud of the history of our family, I don't mean that our family always does good. I mean that they recognize that they come from people that have done things. Whether, because we got some folks that have been to jail more than once. We have some folks that are not what we would call living right. But the fact is, I wanted us to have the knowledge of that because if we don't understand our history, we're destined to repeat it. And so I wanted to avoid that type of thing. So that actually what started me from being the, the person that I was to the person that I now am is now focused on how will this affect my great-grandchildren. So let's go ahead and jump into this Mother's Day message that I have put together. It said, and my starting statement is mothers are called by God to teach and model the gospel to their children and guide them in the ways of the Lord. This means that mothers who are present and don't only talk about the gospel, but model it for the children. And so our definition for today is one, one definition. I think it's the most significant definition. Mother. A mother is a female parent. An appellation, which is a name or a title, given to a woman who exercises care and tenderness toward another or gives parental advice. Now, before I get into our scripture for today, I, I, I have to make mention of this. I, I was watching a video and I saw this guy making fun of different denominations and and, and he was making fun of them talking about their Mother Day service. But the thing that stood out in my mind was the fact that there used to be a time when churches would do something. They would say, all right, we would love for all the mothers to stand up. And the mothers would stand up and they would recognize the oldest mother. And he was talking about, yeah, she done won it 12 years straight because... She always gonna be the oldest, but anyway, it's, and so and then the youngest mother, and it got to the point. I saw, you know, I was thinking about it in my mind. I saw this transition growing up, where they would change the youngest mother, and it actually, I understand it, but I don't understand it because. No matter how old you are and what condition you fell in or how it occurred, the fact is you're still a mother. But they would say something to the effect, all right, we want to recognize the youngest married mother. And that always did not register with me in a good way. Because I would be like, but she's She's younger than, but the, the key word was married. And I understood that they were trying to say that we want to recognize the one who did it right under the covenant, under the, the auspices of marriage. But my mindset was a mother is a mother because she's a mother. 
And so, yeah, that's why we're non-denominational, because I, 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 I'd probably get kicked out of denominations anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, because it, it becomes this, this thing is, why are we exclusionary when we should be bringing everyone together so that we can exhort one another? That's why in Titus he said the younger women should teach and encourage the younger women. Did I say older first? No. The older women should teach and encourage the younger women. I, I, I felt that all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute, I said younger twice. So we have to realize that it's not about us. We have actually yielded our position in order to become the one that influences the next generation. Let's go into our scripture today. Our scripture comes from Psalm 78. We're going to do verses 5 through 8 in the English Standard Version. And in Psalm 78, it goes like this. Verse number 5 says, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Father, we ask that a blessing be upon your word in Jesus' name. And so we see in Psalm 78 how it's talking about the whole purpose of the parent is to teach the children. Now, in the early days, when we were, before we had the technology, before we had the industrial booms, when we were just an agricultural nation, people would have more children in order to help on the farm. But yet and still, they had something for everybody to do so that everybody could learn how to do. But now we've gotten to the point whereby we allow our electronic devices to teach our children. There's this show that um, I've been hearing a lot about that um, is causing some, some, some complications with children. And um, when I say it, y'all gonna know y'all have heard it, uh, Coco Lemon, melon. melon, yeah, cocoa something, <laughs> cocoa melon, and it was saying that the reason that it is causing issues is because the the uh, the frame rate in which they change scenes is so fast, it's actually contributing to a child's um, lessening of their attention span. Because things change so fast, they have you know different scenes just going really, really fast, and so it's causing children not to pay attention to anything because they're expecting it to change so quickly. And so uh, I was listening to this child psych on YouTube, listening to this child psychiatrist saying you should, if you like cocoa lemon, you should watch it with your child. 
Coco Melon, Coco Melon, you should watch it with your child. And guess what? Every time I see somebody, them showing an example of watching with the child, guess what I see almost every time? The mother or a woman sitting with that child watching them do that. Now, I'm not taking away from the fact that men are involved with that, but it's the women that are the uh, cultural, they are the incubators, they are the ones that seem to have the emotional fortitude to lock into the children the things that they think will help them in life. I remember at seven years old, my mama took me into the kitchen and said, you're going to learn how to cook because you're not going to have to depend on nobody. And I remember I made them eggs for my dad. Daddy said the eggs was good, so I thought I was the best cook in the world. Now, let me tell you, daddy couldn't cook a thing. He, he burned his eggs, but, but because mom set me up and had me present this to daddy, I felt like I could do anything. Uh, you know, it, it's those things that mothers set up environments so that even when the father is not being or doing everything that he should, the mother provides a method by which they can get an understanding and even sometimes connects him with examples so that if the father's not doing necessarily what he's supposed to do, there, there, the mother seems to find other gentlemen that will help their child, their children, to go and become more well-rounded. Because that's what they do. They, they seem to have locked in this uh, passage of scripture which comes out of Deuteronomy we, uh, 6 chapter we have talked about it so much in, um, in our Bible study and it, it, it talks about how uh, when you teach your children you teach them when they get up in the morning you teach them when they get ready for bed you teach them when they uh, you, you talk to them when you're walking with them you talk to them when you're uh, moving with them you talk, you're always talking about the commandments so that they have an understanding of what it is that God has done for them. And, and, then, and then we see in Psalm 78, they said this, is, this, this was first given in the time of Jacob before the law was even given. Then when Jacob, then when the law is given to all of Israel, it was said you got to teach your children. Why? Because if you don't teach them, they're going to fall just like you fell. You, you know what? Sometimes it takes us uh, uh, the mindset to say, I know you think I'm perfect. And even if you don't, I want you to think I'm perfect. But then I want to tell you I'm not perfect. And we begin to tell our children about times we slipped up and times we messed up. And, you know, I've, I've gone through and I've seen some women sit down with their children and, and express to them how they almost gave up and how they, but then they turn around and flip it and say, but you can do better. You can, I've taught you better. I've shown you better. I've done things for you so that you can be better and I expect you to be better. 
So you can come in here with your lips poked out. That's all right. You're going to do that homework. You can say that they're against you. But guess what? You're going to do that homework because then you get your homework done and you go out into life and you have this discipline of getting things done. Nobody can stop you from doing what it is that you need to do. We, we, we. We cherish mothers so much that sometimes we reveal how much we really don't care about them until we need them to care about us. We, we just know they're going to be there. We just know when I come in the house late that she's going to be sitting there waiting on me and ask me why am I late and I'm going to think of a good lie. She know I'm lying and I know I'm going to be on punishment for the next two weeks, but I just know how this thing going to go. They are consistent. They're persistent. And it just get on your nerves because you just can't get over on them because God starts talking to them and lets them know that this one is acting like you was at that age and you know what you need to do to correct it. I didn't know the expression a hard head make a soft butt until I got involved with Garnett Appendix. And she said, you got a hard head. She said, you got a hard head. I already knew what was getting ready to happen. Now, if I was getting chewed out, I'd be okay. But she said, you know what? You just got a hard head. I just, all right, no, I'm going to get a whoop. But mothers want to correct you in order to assist you to become better than where you are acting and being at the moment. So I just I just want to take a few minutes today. I, I just want to tell mothers that I'm, I'm, I'm happy, number one, that God chose you to be a mother. Number two, I'm happy that even though sometimes you slip and fall, that you still continue to do your best to be your best to cause generations to be better. Amen. And then finally, I am happy that you are speaking into the next generation. As the scripture says, so that they do not become rebellious as their fathers were. And when it's talking about fathers, it's not the man that you married. It's talking about your history. If your history is one of, 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 of folks that don't love God, that don't want to follow God, and don't want to do right, that you can change the course of history for your family because of your persistence and your consistency in the lives of your children. Now some of us, now some mothers do not actually fit into this mold. Something has happened in their lives. Something has transpired that has caused them to fall off. And I want to talk to about them in a moment, but I want to call call the, the the backup mothers, the aunties, the sisters, those that ain't even related that take 
children underneath their wings and, 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 and provide them with guidance and, and speak into their lives. And, and this is the thing that I notice about a lot of women that do that. They never speak ill of the birth mother. They say stuff to the fact, you know your mother's going through something, but I'm here for you. And what that does is it provides the necessary respect for the child, if it's a woman, for her to have toward other women, if it's a man, a, 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 a male, and it, it, it causes him to have respect for his mother. Amen. Because, I'm telling you, if a man does not respect his mother, he will not respect women. But there are women out there that for some reason may not have been able to give birth, but they can birth life into the next generation, which in a turn will change the direction of the future generations, which ties into what God is saying. We do not want to create more rebellious people. We want to create people that love God and love people, and desire to live a life that brings God glory. Real quick old school story. There's a woman by the name of Susanna Wesley, and she was born in January 20th, 1669. That's, that's kind of before any of us. She never preached a sermon. She never published a book or founded a church. Yet, Susanna Wesley is known as the mother of Methodism. The example of faith and religious reference she set for her children, John and Charles, inspired them to become powerful spiritual leaders and to launch the Methodist movement. United Methodist historians say the fathers of the Methodist movement owned much of their success to, the mother, to their mother and the foundation built in their childhood. Hood home. Susanna was not docile or weak. She was strong, organized, and knew the importance of the gospel and its impact on the world. The world would not have John Wesley, Methodism, Nazarenes, and other denominations and movements without Susanna Wesley. And this shows the effect that a mother has on their children. I remember, I'm going to talk about my mom just for a minute. Now I was the one, I was, I had to be home by 11 o'clock and Yolanda lived right around the corner from me and I would leave her house at 11.01. <laughs> Yolanda would say, you're going to get in trouble and i say, uh, I don't know, but I'll see. And this is one thing I always remember about my mom. Her, her bedroom door was always cracked, and our bedroom was right next to theirs. And I would come in the house, and I wouldn't try. Listen, I knew I was late, so I ain't try to sneak in the house. I came in the house, and I would be there, and I would walk by, and mom would be kneeled next to the bed praying. And then when she heard me, she said, you okay? And I said, yes, ma'am. And then she would get up and get in the bed. And I'd be like, Lord, she prayed me on home. 
And after a while, you really start being like, she's going to get the Lord on me. <laughs> and, it, and so then I start leaving Yolanda's house at 1059 so that I could be home at 11. But she didn't say a lot. She just said, are, are you okay? Yes, ma'am. And then she would get, she'd get off her knees and she would go get in the bed. And there were times that when my son would go out and spend time out that I would see myself sitting in my chair just praying and just asking God to watch over him. And I would say, God, just keep him. And now, he wasn't, he wasn't as bad as me, but he tried to be close. But, <laughs> but he, would, he would say, Daddy, I knew you'd be waking up for me. And I say, yeah. I say, you good? Yes, sir. But that's just an example of what a woman did by example and how it affected one of the children in her life. Ma, I really do appreciate that about you. You are a sweetheart. Now you, lady. And uh, so that is what we can do. We can change the direction of generations by us being an example and ladies you have the emotional configuration by which to make that happen you can speak into the emotional feelings uh, emotional feelings into the emotions and the feelings of the children to cause them to go into a course that will change the course of that family's history. And finally, I want to say this. If you have lost, I shouldn't say lost, but that your, your, your mother has transitioned into the other side of life, I just want you to celebrate the time that she has been an example for you. I want you to celebrate the, the life that she has influenced, which is you. And even if it wasn't done perfectly and you know she could have done better, but the fact is she did what she could at the time and be thankful for what she's done. And do not allow some of the misfortunes of your past to hold you from moving forward into what God has for your future. If there's something against your mother that you are still holding on to, that she didn't buy you your tricycle, or she didn't do something for you, or she said something that has adversely affected you, I want to tell you today that if she's alive, that you should contact her and, and, and seek reconciliation. And if she's dead, you need to uh, go ahead and turn that over to God so that you can go forward. You cannot go forward holding on to the past. It just is impossible. And so we want you to be able to release that past so that you can continue to go forward. Because guess what? That's what she would want. And we want to support her in that desire. Final thing is children are influenced by their parents. It isn't only a man's job or a woman's job to model the gospel. It's every parent's job to show Christ to their children. 
A mother can be a tremendous influence and guide her children in the ways of God. She can model love, she can model grace, she can model truth and strength. Ladies, I want to encourage you to continue to be that model. Continue to show that love, that grace, that truth, that strength to every young person that you encounter, but most of all to those that God has called for you to be an influence to their legacy. Amen. Now, if you're watching this and, and you're kind of in your feelings, that, that's, that's cool. That's, that's all right. Because we want to celebrate mothers, but we also need to recognize also that sometimes we didn't treat our mothers like we're supposed to. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell our secret children. So, so, so uh, you remember when you would get in trouble and then you would close the door and you would be behind the door doing like this? <laughs> and making all them faces and talking about I ain't going to do it I ain't going to make my kids doing all this other stuff that's okay but now if you reflect back you can see what the effort was and what they were trying to do and that what their attempt was is to make you better for when you got into that position and so we want to celebrate mothers for that we want to celebrate them for doing the best they could with what they had and what they knew and that is the key with what they knew. Because some things were not told through generations and we found out the hard way. But then once it became something that we discussed, we were able to change the course of that generation. So with that all said, all this is wonderful, all this is good, all this is something to celebrate. But most of all, I want us to celebrate the fact that even mothers need Jesus. Amen. They need Jesus. That's why they call on him every time they get ready to, to discipline you. Because Jesus would have to be holding their hands back. Jesus be holding their, he be holding them back. But the key is, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. And every mother's attempt, I would say, the majority of the mother's attempts, or I would say the most of the mother's attempts is to get you not to focus so much on them, but focus on Jesus in their lives. And so I want to tell you today that if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is as good a day as any to do that. What better day to celebrate you coming into the kingdom of heaven than on the day that we celebrate mothers. Those that have toiled with us. Those that have watched our butts sometimes more often than we have. Those that have did things for us even that we could we don't even know they did and they didn't make sure to rub it in our faces to tell us that they did it. But they just saw the disposition that we were in. And Jesus has set up this system in the same manner that God does things for us just because we're his children. The process of getting into God's kingdom is accepting the gift of Jesus into your life. And the process in which to do that is that you have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. 
Now, I saw a question that said, how do we let Jesus in our heart? Because he's not physical. Well, and that's, that's the, when we're talking about the word heart here, we're not talking about the organ. We're talking about the center of your being. The person that you talk to when you're talking to yourself. We're talking to that person allowing Jesus to come in and to be the, uh, the uh, ruler of your being. Gets a little deeper then, huh? It says, but with the heart, with our heart we, we, we believe in, and we're justified and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It, it takes us from one location to another because of that process. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's already set up for you. You have to accept the gift that God has given. And it's not going to instantly cause your mind to change. That's why you need to link yourself up with other believers to assist you with changing how your mind functions because this is a brand new life. The Bible tells us that once you accept Jesus, you become a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And because you're new, we have to help you, assist you, and we desire to do that. And we will assist you by letting you know that you can contact us either by email or through text. Because this is not an individual sport. This is a team event. Why? Because that's how God designed it, that we would all come together in order to make it happen. And our email is info at godshousecc.com. And our text is 864-920-0100. Well, friends and family, Happy Mother's Day to the mothers. I know y'all probably taking them to every restaurant around and all that good stuff, so y'all have fun doing that. For those of you whose mother has gone on, that you're taking that time just to remember those good days. And for those of you that are uh, just wanting to celebrate moms, give, give a mom a call, a text, a card, just something to let her know how much you care. And let's celebrate the mothers who have taken that time, shown us love, grace, peace, and strength, and most of all, truth. Well, until next week, new series, God's blessings be upon you, in Jesus' name. Amen.